You know, Ashley, every day I wake up and I think to myself, I hope I get to work and someone sends me an amazingly impersonal and pointless email. You know, that is so funny because I wish for that exact same thing. Well, this morning it was a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Okay, you have to tell me about this. I'm going to read you verbatim from an email I received at 8.14 this morning. (laughs) R.E., did you get our last message? Okay, first of all, I don't even know who you are. So probably not. So this is what this is regarding. This already is making me very angry because... First of all, if I missed your last message, I probably meant to, right? Okay, but that's not where it stops, Ash. It gets better and better. Hello, first name. Oh, wait, that wait, is wait, 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 it's more, there's more, exclamation mark. <laughs> oh, at least they're enthusiastic about they it. They are, they are so enthusiastic. I wanted to reach out to you, one of my favorite beginnings of email all time, <laughs> I wanted to reach out to you personally, okay, already not personal, because you've been recommended as a host for a 60-minute show on the Blah 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 Network. This opportunity allows you to reach millions with your message and offers five ways to make money. Wait for it. Another exclamation mark. Enthusiasm. (laughs) I mean, this is good stuff here. Good stuff. So, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. I have with me Ashley LeBlanc, the executive VP here with all of the birds. And we are going to break down some of these exhausting reasons that seem pretty obvious to us why people are ignoring your email. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm so excited to talk about this topic because we know. People are accessible by email, right? We, we spend a good majority. If you work an office job, you spend a good majority of your time in your work email each day. So if we know we can access future, our ideal personas via email, why is it not working? Why are emails getting ignored? So our goal today is to give you just a couple tangible tips to start implementing right now. So your emails actually get responded to. I love that. That's what we're supposed to be doing, actually talking to people. (laughs) So the first tip that I have is about that ding dang personalization token. And obviously that's why I kicked off this show with it because disingenuous personalization is like something I can smell a mile away, right? So hi, you know, first name, (laughs) exclamation mark already. I don't walk up to anybody and be like, Ashley, (laughs) just don't talk like that. (laughs) And yet I'm getting an email that automatically is supposedly personalized, but yet is not. And to me, that's insult to injury. So when you say personalization, a lot of people say, well, I'll put this little personalization token in here. Well, that could have worked in this case, um, but the exclamation mark, you know, gave them away. I'm not that excited to talk about somebody, uh, you know, a, a strategic marketing plan with someone I've never met before. So the exclamation was already disingenuous to me, but then just then the personalization token didn't even work. So that was just like, you know, super, super difficult. But I will tell you, personalized emails do deliver six times higher transaction rates. We know this for a fact. So I'm not saying avoid personalization. I'm saying avoid disingenuous personalization. And if you're going to use it, 
make sure you know how to use your services tokens properly. One like little side tip I'll give there is whatever email sending provider you're, you're using, they all have that fallback token, but sometimes you have to search for it a little bit, but I guarantee this person did not have that token set. And that is why it, they didn't have your first name in the system that the email was sending from. So it defaulted to first name. <laughs> if you had a token set there like friends or, you know, the very generic, which I'm going to persuade you against to whom it may concern, whatever it may be, right? <laughs> like if you had something there, at least it wouldn't fall back to first name or company name or whatever personalization token you're trying. Right. To use. I love that. And your default token really needs to be in alignment with your brand. So if your brand say is talking with donors, it might say, you know, dear friend or, you know, dear supporter. Um, so you want to think clearly about that. You know, we, we might do something very different with um, us being birds and little bird marketing. So definitely think about your brand um, in that way. But Ashley, you were talking with me the other day about that really aggressive and annoying follow-up. And I know you have a great tip for people on that, but it's like totally falls into, you know, the email I just had where not only did I miss the first one, but they missed it on the personalization, but they're also already following up with me. (laughs) They're already following up and you didn't respond. So, you know, this is kind of twofold, right? If you're sending an email from your actual email inbox, right? So if you're you're a G Suite user, you send it from your actual Gmail, that's one type of email. The other type would be you're actually sending it from something like a CRM system. You enrolled someone in a sequence. Um, You're actually tracking opens, clicks, and you, you know a little bit of the behind the scenes, right? So in the first scenario, you don't know the behind the scenes information. So it's easy. And believe me, I know I've been, I've been this person. It's easy to get anxious and want to follow up with someone. Um, And so you jump the gun and you do it too quickly, or maybe even too aggressively um, without pausing and really thinking about, okay, well, what has this person's behavior been like in the past? If I've interacted with them, do I actually know them? Have I gone out and connected with them in any other way? Have I connected? Connected with them on LinkedIn? Have I, um, you know, if I have their number, have I tried to just reach out and, uh, and make a phone call? Our inboxes get so clouded that there can be a million reasons why someone did not respond to your email. Mm, yeah, I, I love that. And the thing is about when people don't respond, maybe they're just not that into you. <laughs> dating advice again (laughs) I know we're back to dating advice oh my gosh um but this is why you know Ashley and I love HubSpot and of course there's all kinds of other services out there that are are similar so whatever brand it is that you like but one of my things about um creating sequences is that I don't ever have to give annoyingly you know uh, aggressive emails because I set all of my sequences to, if they don't respond to this, just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And for me, if, if I didn't do a good enough job, I haven't earned the right to ask you again. That's my personal opinion. So I might set a sequence to send you an email and then maybe it triggers a task for me to go do something else that might be meaningful to you. But I don't feel like I have earned the right to just over and over email you and pester you. And I think that's a better world we all could live in. Right. And, and the nice thing about HubSpot as well, um, or a a lot of other CRM systems is it integrates with your email inbox. So even if, 
um, you are not enrolling someone in a sequence or some sort of automated process in the CRM system itself. I know with HubSpot and G Suite, the way it works together is I just have to click a little button that says track and it will track the email that I sent will tell me if the person opened it. If I put in an attachment or a link, it will tell me if it was clicked or if the attachment was downloaded. So of course, you know, we pay for our CRM system. That is something extra. But if your sales team is really struggling with this, that could be a really amazing tool for you to stay in step with your, um, with your, with your prospects. Right. And that's about making your efforts match their level of efforts, right? Exactly. That disconnect is where it all goes wrong. I don't think anybody thinks it's rude when I reach out to them again with a new idea. If I've seen they've re-downloaded or reopened a download eight times, that tells me that they're interested and they're putting their hand up in some way. And so I don't think that it's funny for me to reach back out or send a simple message because I'm probably on their mind. But I feel like if I'm not on their mind, then, then probably best to move on. Conducting global research, marketing your brand to a multilingual audience with translation, transcription, voiceover, and subtitling services in over 75 languages will make the connection to your audience in their own language. Get the linguistic accuracy you expect with the cultural nuance you need, all tailored to your needs with friendly service. Try multilingual connections. Mention Little Bird Marketing for $100 off your first project. Multilingualconnections.com. So I want to talk a little bit about subject lines. This is something we get asked a lot at conferences when people meet us. It's like, what's the secret sauce to having a great subject line? Well, we know everybody wants to have something really great that gets attention because every conference you go to, you hear about how humans have a attention span that is smaller than a goldfish. Okay, I'm I'm done hearing that line, by the way. (laughs) But uh, it is, there is some truth to that. And I don't think it's necessarily about attention spans getting um, less. I think it's about us just getting, um, you know, sick and tired of mediocrity. If you want my attention, then work for it. And it's not just about the wow. So I just want everybody to get really specific about this. I can write you a fantastic subject line, but if the meat of my email is not about that, you've just pulled a bait and switch on me. And now I'm pretty pissed. So yes, it's not a secret that effective subject line writing is really going to help you get your email opened. But we all know that our goal is not just to get the email open. We've got to think about writing these subject lines in alignment with our true goal. And to me, that's integrity. So please give me a clue, a very, very solid, you know, uh, Hercule Poirot valuable clue, right? Like, don't leave me hanging. And tell me what, if I click this, what am I about to get? Because when that is disingenuous, that is a misalignment of subject line, and that will get you out of someone's inbox very quick. And the reality is, is that you don't want to trick people because you want to get a very dynamic subject line, but that is in total alignment. And I'm going to give a little bonus tip that maybe to some people seems like it's unrelated, but let me just assure you in terms of good copy, Another idea here is to please quit mixing your metaphors in emails and subject lines. So 
thinking, what is she on about now? She's ranting about something else she hates. (laughs) Um, But let's say you want to do some kind of a seasonal email. So you talk about like, we're doing this and we're having fun in the sun. Okay, now you open up your email and now you're going to have a metaphor about let's put the gas pedal down and go down the road and start this adventure. And I'm like, wait a minute, could you, this is a misalignment, not because you're trying to be disingenuous, but misalignment in the actual copy. So I think both of those are a reason why people just kind of, they get confused and the brain is working too hard and that's why they're not going to engage with your email. Yeah, that's huge. And you know, you gave this tip earlier, but I think it applies to subject line too. And it's staying true to your brand. A lot of times, I mean, no surprise here. Hi, we're a marketing company. We do marketing for other companies. Um, So when we're writing subject lines for, for certain brands, sometimes they'll want us to add in that little bird humor but that's not their brand. That's our brand. So our subject lines, yeah, we play with humor, puns. We use lots of emojis. Our brand, the feeling is very vibrant and fun. If that is not the essence of your brand, your subject line, again, is going to be disingenuous because it's not true to who you are. So if you take a more informative approach, there are plenty of ways to create subject lines that are informative and information-based without not being who your brand is. Because someone will see who the email is from and they'll see the subject line. And if those things don't connect, it will feel like spam, right? It will feel like, ooh, someone's sending me a weird email from from so-and-so's email address. So we want to make sure that those connect too. Yeah, your brand, you work so hard to build it. And I love this one company that we work for and they have a strict no emoji policy. (laughs) But the thing is, is once you know the brand, you love it. And they have such dynamic, you know, speech and very direct way of writing. And it's such a rapport builder. But the moment they do something that's outside of that carefully crafted brand, their most beloved client is going to know it. And I 100% agree with them. I think when they first said that to me, I think they thought I would fight them and say, well, data shows us that emojis in subject lines do this. I'm like, yes, data does show that on the averages of everything. But we're not out here to try and be average. We're out here to try and engage with our most ideal client in the most dynamic way possible. And you do that by staying true to your brand. Oh, that's huge. All right. I'm going to give us our last reason today. And I feel like in any conversation, I have to bring up mobile, but email is a big one. Um, Again, if you're an office job person, you sit at your desk, maybe you view all of your emails from your desktop. Fantastic. But the majority of people (laughs) actually for the email breakdown, it's like almost 62% of people that are viewing emails on a mobile device, right? And then let's think about all the different ways they're viewing those emails. Are they using Spark? Are they using Apple Mail? Are they using um, Gmail? Like what app do they have on their phone? Because guess what? It's going to present itself in a different way. So maybe you created the best email template in the world. It's beautiful. It's got that header. It has all these different awesome sections. You built it on your desktop. It looks great. You had multiple employees on the team. Check it out on the desktop. It looks great. All the links connect. 
well, I need you to pause. I need someone to check that out on mobile and not only one mobile device, but multiple mobile devices. How do the images stack? Is there weird breaks in the text? Um, Because just how you consume information may not be how your clients or prospects are consuming information. So please always, always, always consider um, mobile. And that goes for your, like, if you have images or videos embedded in your email too, right? Because we all know images and videos take just a little bit longer to load on your mobile device than they do on a desktop. So if you have a very image heavy email, um, just know it is going to take much longer for that to download onto a mobile device. So you should be the first one to be testing that out to figure out how much time is it really taking? Because if it's taking too much, um, I think it's like within three, three to five seconds, someone will delete the email and not even look at it. So you should oh. set your timer, time, time that out and see how long your email takes to load. Yeah, hundred percent. And if you have problems with that on email, then you should see the last conversation that Ashley and I had about your website and you should go figure these things out for your website too, because load times are a huge deal. This does come down to impatience. I know that if we really love something, if someone's totally built rapport and connected with us, they'll give you more than that three to five second. But this is so about opportunity and we have to really you know, understand what it takes to seize those opportunities to be with people. Now, I know that's kind of overwhelming. You're thinking, how am I going to go check all these different mobile devices? A great system, you know, is going to check those different mobile devices for you and they're going to stay current. Obviously, we're we're within days here of a big um, uh, Apple um, iOS uh, update. And so there's a lot of things that are going to be happening. This isn't the first time it's, it's happened in the past. It's going to keep happening. That's why you need to make sure that you are paying for some services that will keep this reputable and keep this current for you. I get that there's a lot of free services out there, but you do want to make sure that you don't lose the opportunity to engage with people. And don't bother calling your mom who has a jitterbug because it's not going to work for her anyway. So don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. But you do need to really, if, you, if you're just now starting to think about mobile, you got to get with the times. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Priscilla and I were all about quick, easy ways. We, we want you to listen to these episodes and walk away with tangible things you can start implementing right away. So we really hope today's episode gave you those, <laughs> there are four reasons why people are ignoring your emails, but at the same time, I hope that there are quick tips that you can implement to have people start opening your emails and not only opening, but responding and clicking and downloading because that's what matters. But if you're interested in more, you know us, we're, we're like the content Queens, right? So we, you again, go to our blog, blog blog.littlebird.com. You could search emails in that search bar there. All of our blog content on email best practices will pop up, but we've made it even easier. We have a full resource, um, in our resource center on our website. So if you just go to littlebirdmarketing.com slash resources, look for the one titled nine reasons people are ignoring your emails. And not only will you get all the full nine reasons, but then on top of that, we have some bonus content in there, which is a email template that you can actually use if you're like, I don't even know where to start. Um, so it's, it's just a quick little starter, a launch pad to get you started sending the right types of emails really today. 
we'd love for you to be a part of our flock because we do work really hard on our emails and we do get a lot of um, messages back about that was so funny in this. And I don't know if you're aware of it, but we always have a very good April Fool's email and they're very coveted and they're very heavily discussed around the water cooler and sometimes now the virtual water cooler. But we also do something in the um, end of the year, we do a holiday spectacular, spectacular, and you don't want to miss that on our email either. So we hope that we bring a little bit of joy into your inbox. That's what we're trying to do, do something a little bit different and always lead with value. So if you like what you hear on this podcast, of course, we'd love to have you rate us here wherever you get your podcast, but also subscribe to our blog because in our emails, you will start getting some funny roundups of different blogs we've written that hopefully will be a more value to you, but also we send out occasional other emails and we do try and make it fun. So just when you least suspect it, there's something funny from a bird in your inbox. So from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.